what what are some of the advantages of a developer building out an application on Vara versus another blockchain? Wow, good question. I think that that's the best question to ask to the developers, actually, that will be doing that on us. But uh, <laughs> what what we are thinking is... What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Blockhash podcast. Before we jump into the episode with Pavel, with Vara Network, I want to share a message from our sponsor, Pika Crypto. Pika is revolutionizing the intersection of NFTs and gaming through their Pika trading card game, Elders of Kai. The TCG will be both digital, physical, and Web3 integrated allowing gamers to play and compete in various formats. Whether you are a newbie or a pro gamer, there is a spot for you in the Pika ecosystem. They're really revolutionizing this intersection between the Web3 universe and the gaming universe. So be sure to check them out and learn more about Pika and Elders of, uh, Elders of Kai on their website and social media pages. Join the Pika community on Telegram to keep up with the latest developments. All right, guys, enjoy the episode with Bar Network. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash, Exploring the Blockchain, episode 336. Today, I have Pavel here to talk about the VARA network and everything they are working on. Pavel, welcome to the show, man. Excited to have a conversation with you today. Hello, everybody. Thanks a lot. A pleasure to be on that podcast. Absolutely. Um, Pavel, before we start, tell us a little bit more about yourself um, personally, and I'm sure the audience as well would love to know more about you and your background and kind of how you got into uh, this world of crypto and blockchain Web3. Sure. Uh, actually, it was like a long journey. I started uh, previously working in different fintech companies. And I think my first uh, option which I actually touched with crypto was when I was working as a regional director in eToro, the trading social trading network. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the founder and CEO, Yoni Asia, was actually really found of blockchain technology. And uh, that's why eToro was the first actually, let's say, Forex OTC trading company that allowed to trade CFDs on Bitcoin. Uh, in the beginning, even I think they had some leverage to that. I don't know now if I have it or not, but this was the idea. And that was in 2015. Uh, and Yoni was like looking at Bitcoin at that moment, pre even previously that, of that, as an idea of using it as a decentralized uh, store, database storaging. So he was sponsoring by himself different startups. One of them was actually called Color Coins. And that gives you the option to put assets on top of the blockchain and that type on top of the Bitcoin blockchain. And the person that was actually writing this white paper of, uh, of these color coins was Vitaly Buterin. And he worked with uh, close with Yoni. He worked some time in the Toro office in Israel. And uh, then when Vitalik finished the white paper, he actually sent an email to Yoni saying, look, I understood the idea that we have. I like it but it's practically impossible to do it on the Bitcoin uh, blockchain. It's really complicated. I think we have to do a different blockchain. And he only told him like, are you crazy? Bitcoin is the best. It's now like you cannot do something like Bitcoin is already done. Here's the history. We know that uh, Vitaly did it. He did his own blockchain. 
and uh, they actually split it ways in that moment because Yoni was really angry to him and Vitaly offered him to be one of his first sponsors of Ethereum but he said no you will not able to do anything like that and uh, later on on 2000 I think it was around 2017 that we actually met together Yoni me and Vitaly in Petersburg Economic Forum in Moscow in in Petersburg or in Russia and uh, we have like a conversation, they talk about the team or the color coins, they split it into different projects called Kulu that's now in the UK. Uh, they use Ethereum also as Bitcoin, they managed to do it, so they're using both of these protocols for that. But um, that was the first time that actually really get uh, close to crypto. And at the same moment, we also were willing to do something that was the idea. We need to understand that the time frame. it was back in 2016, 17 that we wanted to do a wallet on which you can actually be able to trade assets uh, but it would be stored thanks to the color coin protocol as a crypto assets so meaning you can trade euro against the dollar or you can trade oil or you can trade uh, any other stock that you want to do it the trade would be registered on top of the blockchain and officially you will have that colored coin thing in your wallet so you can have it on your crypto wallet and these ideas was something that was bringing a lot of uh, interest to us as uh, as a company and we tried to, to investigate in that way and i was like working close with this project and we're trying to put in some jurisdictions but then obviously started like the ico boom then the ico went down then the sex start started to say it's securities and obviously as it always regulated in different jurisdictions we're not allowed to do it so the project was cancelled in a certain moment later on they just opened the wallet and they can have great crypto and things like that but this is like the first close uh interaction that i have with crypto later on i went out and i was a ceo of another company called token box that wanted to do tokenized portfolio management on top of the blockchain uh but an analogy of token sets but it was a mixture between centralized and decentralized. So uh, the idea was that we were actually getting in that moment the liquidity of all the exchanges and aggregating them together. So that the person that would be trading assets uh, would have the biggest and the best liquidity possible in the market for that moment. And uh, the portfolio yeah, was tokenized and then the people are getting this token so that the trader will uh, ensure that he can trade his assets but never withdraw that from the customers. And then I actually went to consult several other projects and uh, in 2020, yes, uh, I actually get met with the guys, uh, one of the founders, we know each other from 2017, I think around also that, that moment. And uh, he said, look, I'm now in one of these projects. Do you want to hear about and give you ideas what you can have? So I actually met with them. Uh, they discussed, they told me about the whole idea of building a new type of L1 solution that would be based on something that's quite unique in the space. That would be like the idea of uh, having asynchronous messages that allows you actually to build programs and not just smart contracts. And I was like, okay, like, which the catch? Because in that moment, everybody will actually like, uh, in that moment was the boom of forking the Ethereum and making it faster, like layer two solution and stuff like that. So I said, no, what we will be doing, first of all, is like we will be using the substrate framework that's actually something that was developed by parity it's an option on how you can actually build blockchains from scratch practically 
uh, in like shortening your time. Instead of doing it a year, you can do it in months, sometimes even in weeks, depending on the sophistication that you want to do it. If you want to have the just standard blockchain, you can do it like, I think, in several weeks. So one of the person that was actually developing this framework, uh, his name is Nikolai, and he's actually the CEO, one of the, uh, one of the founders of the company, and he's a CEO. And uh, he said, like, I built that, but I want to do something different. I don't want just to take a fork and make speed up something. I want to give new technology that will allow the market or uh, the whole idea of the Web3 really to evolve and to begin to be Web3 idea. You know, so like the centralized internet and all the stuff, not just words, because actually, if we think about the blockchain, allows you to store information and have some computational power. But the computational power of the blockchain is quite limited. And especially if we're talking about uh, the 99% of the blockchains that use what's called the asynchronous method of uh, operations, meaning that the transaction is sent to somebody, this transaction is going to the main pool, and then the block producer doesn't matter which type of consensus, proof of work, proof of stake, he takes these transactions, put them into the block, close it, and gives it to another person. So all the, and, and the messages take one by one, one by one, one by one. And uh, then what, what we are doing is actually we are paralyzing the computation. So you don't need to put it just in one pool, but they you need to understand that they have validators that have different cores to process the information. And now you can have uh, like four cores or six cores processing, but they're still six working on, on getting these blocks together, one transaction. So what we can do is we can paralyze this, the information and send specific queues to specific part of the processing. So that actually multiplies, uh, let's say, the amount of uh, the information that could be processed in one block, the, uh, the speed multiplies by the amount of cores that the validator has. So you can actually split them up. And that's really interesting. First, second, uh, we're using something that's called the Acker model that uh, allows you to communicate between different uh, instances inside the blockchain and practically make them equal. So it doesn't matter if you're a user, you are a program, you are a bridge, that's actually will have the same attributes. You have the wallet, you will have your keys there, and you will have the, the same option to generate something new. Meaning, I'm as a user can send a, uh, a message to program. That's quite normal, everybody does that. A program can send a message to program. That's also normal, a transaction. Uh, then actually a program can generate a new program that's also sophisticated by doable. The first one was the idea of the CryptoKitties when you actually have somebody from outside that mix and then the program generates something new. And then the third and something unique that we're doing is that the program can send a message to a user. Once we have this functionality, that allows you to generate more sophisticated things, meaning you, have, you can have a program that could evolve depending on the interaction that you are having with them. Let's say a dynamic NFT. We can have an NFT that will be like a Tamagotchi on which he says, look, I'm hungry. You take it like you receive this, this message in your wallet and you say, okay, feed him or send him another NFT on a hamburger or just send him a little bit of gas, some money for gas. And depending on the logic of the program, it will be evolving in different stages, different options and different ideas. So this is something that just, it's the first scratch of what you can do. Obviously the same idea Thanks to the web assembly virtual machine that we're using, the same with Polkadot users, and actually now all the modern blockchain use that because it's faster. And even Ethereum is thinking to make an idea of 
EVM with WAS and some mixture because it works faster actually. And it allows you also to upload the information. Uh, so what we're doing is we have an option to store totally on chain NFTs, which allows you to generate something interesting for the games, gamify space, for example, that you can really move the NFT from one game to another. And then as in our NFTs, you can store the metadata on top of that. So you can actually be recording everything what's happening with this gameplay. And it will be always on top of the, on chain. You don't need to have outside somebody or an Oracle to put the information, to store it somewhere, or even an IPFS and take them back, which actually gives a lot of freedom and uh, interest for the gamify sector, which actually we think is one of the best suitable options for the VARA network. That's actually the network that we are, uh, we're working now to be done. But like, I think it'll get longer my introduction, but. <laughs> no, it was a good introduction. <laughs> um, no, and a lot of stuff that you guys seem to be working on, a lot of different angles here. Um, I love what you were talking about with the, the metadata for the gameplay that being stored, you know, through uh, the NFT, as well as uh, the Tamagotchi example. Is gaming like a huge faucet of what you guys are hoping to focus on with VARA network and maybe the type of use cases or applications you want to see built? To be honest, yes. It's one of the, the best options and solutions where we're going to. Why? Uh, it's easy. If we're talking about DeFi, we have a lot of things that we can also give to the DeFi sector. But let's let's be honest. Uh, the biggest amount of LTV is actually uh, closed on Ethereum, so we have to put a bridge, and the bridge is still like we're a little bit uh, tricky with the bridges because the biggest exploits were actually with the bridges. So we are thinking and we're working on that solutions also with the with different partners who can help us. But uh, it's like complicated, so we want to be mm -hmm. sure that we'll not have that problem. So if we're taking out the idea of the bridges and the liquidity that we are still like working with Zekai as with Aleph Zero and stuff like that. But if we put a uh, gamify sector, then you really don't need that amount of bridge and liquidity bringing a lot of tokens and all this stuff there. You can make like your own space. So uh, these solutions is really important from what we have the option to talk to different uh, game gaming guys this is something that they are looking for and we hope that this can make like a game change for them and can show the capabilities that the network has so if they need it please go and i think that the gamify is a sp uh, space that actually will be growing a lot during the next several years especially that now we're seeing big gaming companies that are trying to touch the water doing some different stuffs around that obviously we need to understand that the, pro the process of development for them is longer but they already mm -hmm. experimented with the technology and the idea is that there is not just like an nft that is like this is your prize and you have it we think and actually i think that uh it will be like a back for the whole product because at the end of the day the user doesn't care like uh, if it's it's an nft it's encrypted or not what he cares mm -hmm. is the attributes that he can have if you have a game on which you can play and then the winnings and the rewards that you're having, you can just take it and in certain proportion, exchange it into another game because you want to keep on playing. You have nice gameplay. You like, as you are used to, then that gives them like additional credibility because you can go from one version to another version of the game 
and keep your own attitudes and words and all the stuff there, for example. And then if you are selling it, you can have a real sell market to do it. And then you understand that even if the game goes down, you still have your your everything that you gained before the game. No, nobody can take it away from you. And this is something that would generate, I think, trustless like an interest in the game players. But the most important stuff for the gamer is that they don't need to see the change of their usability, let's say that, because right. you see now mainly all the Web3 games or the gamified sector is a more sophisticated way of farming tokens or some type of stake. So th- there is not really gameplay. Now there are several games that are appearing and they start having this type of things. But I think we are just in the beginning of this evolution and what really can help them is something that where you can really run programs on top because you need to have more sophisticated logic other than just one by one and put all the information in one block then squeeze it there and then put it into the blockchain because even if we see the guys from that are trying to focus a lot on on gamifying sector we can see that if they're using uh, the what's called the synchronous blockchain when it's one by one transactions and the information there are like ethereum or polygon doesn't matter what what you're doing is startnet for example doing the same project they're taking this information they're computing it outside and then like a roll-up they're putting inside of the blockchain just because the computation is like is smaller and the second just because the costs are really high if they want to do it totally on chain yeah i think you make a really good point you know with the fact that gamers, for example, they want the experience to stay the same or to be better, you know, they don't care what the back end technology is. And I think that's um, a very important aspect, because I think gaming is one of those industries that will drive probably blockchain adoption more than any other industry, just because the two go so well together, whether it's a token mechanic, or play to earn or an NFT, um, or some type of uh, financial component in, in a game, uh, they, they mesh really well. And so if, if a game is efficient and people um, have a lot of flexibility, transferability, control over their avatar, the things they buy, um, you know, that's the most important thing to them. So um, I, I can definitely see that being like something that really helps grow the industry. And I think, you know, a good area for you guys to focus on as well. Uh, you had also mentioned uh, DeFi a little bit too, in terms of finance. What were some of the, you know, maybe applications that you guys see being built or use cases you see coming out of Vara um, that people are are building around finance around DeFi? We think that one of the most interesting things that could be done there is actually like closing the gap. Okay, the whole idea also what 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 Vara has and is to close the gap between Web3 and Web2 or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So if we're seeing now, we can see if we're talking about DeFi, actually one of the biggest gaps that we are having is the comfort and the different options that you're having while are you making transactions on SEX, on centralized exchanges, that's, and then DeFi or decentralized exchanges. There is a huge gap there. And uh, we think that thanks to our technology, we can close that gap a lot and make like uh, more seamlessly these ideas. And so actually the DeFi could really 
start looking as a centralized exchange, but with all the benefits of the DeFi, what that means. You can have an order book, for example, uh, on-chain order book. You can where have different pools, for example, like Kated and the information there. You can put your orders, delayed orders, transactions, because we have something that's called gas reservation, which allows you to put an, uh, to upload a program. And then depending on the information that is going there, it will awake themselves and execute it. Meaning that you put a delay order, you can buy, you can put sophisticated orders like one cancel another. You can put stop losses, take profits. If you have something like open and that type of the position, depending on the type of orders that you want to do, all that is easily doable on top of us. Plus, you can have also the option to put not just the, let's say, the coding, but you can put also the front end on top of the blockchain. Obviously, there will be some things depending on the type of front end that you have. If you want to have more beautiful stuff, then you will have to upload it into the IPFS, for example, or CRAST, anybody that storage that information, it will just ping it so you can put the images and all the things together. But the whole logic would be actually also on chain for example. Things like that. So this is where we think the DeFi would be interesting and also the next step on the evolution of the DeFi. Got it. What about, okay, here, you might have kind of already answered this already, but I want to highlight it because it's so important. What, what are some of the advantages of a developer building out an application on Vara versus another blockchain like Ethereum or Solana or something else out there that's also really popular? Like what kind of sets Vara um, aside from that competition and makes it maybe more efficient, maybe makes it more convenient to use? Um, what do you think is most attractive? Well, good question. I think that the, that's the best question to ask to the developers, actually, that will be doing that on us. But uh, <laughs> what, what we are thinking is obviously there are a lot of good blockchains now in the market. That's true. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we are trying to do is to make the, not to take the teams that are already working into the blockchain space, but actually to bring new teams from outside that didn't know about the blockchain or they know about the blockchain, but they say, mm, it's too complicated. I need to understand what's happening there. I need to understand how to manage the memory of the programs. I need to dig out, have to have some time. I would prefer to have a, a beer and to see Netflix, for example. So if we, we thanks to all the technology, what can do is uh, shorten that process in a way that, for example, you don't need to think about how to manage memories and nothing like that. You will need to think about just two things, actually the message that you send to the program and the message that you receive to the program. Handling these two parameters, you can actually build the code on us. So this is, first of all, it's something that actually is practically how you do it in Web2. Second, when we're talking about our system, it's more about thinking on uh, on, on different, like multi, um, how it would be say better. Like there is a monolithic way on how you can build mm -hmm. uh, the programs. And there's a multi-service multi way where you can have different microservices that works their own logic. And then everything build, building together gives you the big product. So we are more like uh, this microservice stuff thanks to the logic and the asynchronous thing that we're having, when are you building it? Third thing is actually we're trying to give a lot of examples and documentation that will allow a person to actually take these examples and like Lego blocks, build their own application in a fast and stream way. And the third, uh, and I think it will be the fourth thing that we are also looking for 
is to make a nice interface where you can do it. So for example, to upload, you don't need to use an additional SDKs. We have our call idea where you can actually enter there. You can connect your wallet and then you will see all the programs that you're uploading, the status of the programs, the, the messages that the program is sending to you, the messages that you are sending to somebody else, what's happening inside the blockchain. You can actually code if you want there, but we did something more interesting. We just added it pod to any repository of our examples. So you just click there and you have the code and you just can write it there on any browser, then just compile it and put inside the blockchain. So all this stuff, we're trying to make it seamlessly. We're still working, obviously, on a lot of them because we get feedback, we analyze that, and we change something, we add some additional stuff. But this is the idea. The idea is to make the life of the programmer easy, the life of the programmer, how he used to do it in the normal world, and uh, that he can find the information that he needs in also an easy and uh, straightforward way. So he doesn't have to be searching everywhere, asking on the forums how to do it. He just go to the wiki, mm -hmm. put it there, he has this information. We're also adding something that's called Gear Academy. Uh, it's the way we're actually, we're teaching people how to develop uh, applications on top of us. And uh, it's based on different examples, a little bit about the technology, a little bit about the paradigma, the difference between the Web 2 and the Web 3 paradigma. When you are actually building application, it's important. Because it's uh, a lot of people say, okay, I will take just Web2 application and we'll try to add a blockchain on top of that or, or below that. It doesn't work really because the whole idea is a little bit different. The, if we're talking about blockchain uh, for using as monetization, then you need to build the application thinking on how that will monetize automatically rather than on just, I have this application, we'll put some blockchain somewhere there just to make the hype. So there is things that you have to think about. We also try to teach about that so people will get a little bit more knowledgeable before writing the applications and now we we get the feedback we, we launched that with different university students we get the feedback we are actually building this course that we're having into three different courses uh we are now partnering with the guys so that they can make some rust uh, education there because for now the smart contracts are written just in rust but uh mostly sure in in uh, two months we'll have the option to write an assembly script also that's a knowledge of typescript and there is a team that's actually working on that and they, they're trying to build this uh, this application. We already have some tests, works, just need to make it nice and standardized. And uh, that's also something that's the beauty of WASM, of using uh, WebAssembly Virtual Machine that has a lot of languages that compiles to it. So you can write actually codes on any of that languages. The only thing is that Rust is the most secure, fastest compile and gives you everything like the syntax is it's really fast and straightforward so that's why it's like the premium language the rest is also worked but as you see i like the idea of a uh, gear academy that's actually really cool is that something that you guys are out that's out right now that you guys are doing or is it still a work in progress and it's coming soon it's actually already out uh yeah it's, it's already out but we don't marketize it too much because we are having like uh, different streams on when we're working with them with different students mm -hmm. feedback and checking things so it's there but it's not like we're not really pushing it to the mass market uh now that we get the feedback we want to reduce some stuff and then we'll push it totally to the mass market okay cool no that sounds like a really good way to get developers more involved and help kind of teach what to do like you know within the network how to build all these things um what about your guys' roadmap? What do you have coming up here in 2023 that maybe 
you guys are doing for Vara, maybe for gear um, or the whole ecosystem in total? Like, do you have uh, new use cases launching? Is there any like system updates? Um, are you guys going to any events or anything like that? Uh, what, what should people be aware of that uh, might be coming up on your guys' horizon? Okay, we are mostly will be on all the events that actually would be Polkadot presented because we're invited there. Mm-hmm. We're also substrate chain, so we're there quite tight with them. Uh, we're having something that's called the Mexican Hackathon. It's actually a series of hackathons that we're organizing now that would be four regional hackathons with biggest universities in the regions, about 150 students hacking there. And then there will be a fifth one that will be in the Mexico City, the main one, that will also have the conference that would be on the 15, 16, no, 16, 17, and 18 of June. And it will have 300 hackers. There are students hacking and building this uh, different products, ideas, and things like that. Then will be a different uh, stage and place. We'll have a conference between like 400 to 500 people who join there. So we'll have uh, speeches from one of the biggest, oh, everybody that's important, let's say, in the Mexican ecosystem regarding blockchain technology. It will be about everything. So that people can know about NFTs, Bitcoin, Ethereum, like get more knowledgeable about Web3. Because what we think is the more people knows about that, the the more people we have inside. doesn't matter if like they will go and like Vara or will code on Vara, but even if they source that and knows about other blockchain, they go to go about blockchain, but we'll still, everybody will get more reachable, more people, more fresh blood, more new ideas into the space. That's actually something that I think we are lacking a little bit now. And uh, as always, like uh, the beer market mainly swipes a lot of people out, especially the ones that want to be in hype. But the same moment, it gives the option to the people that really want to build something to have this time to start building and working on that. And uh, obviously, sometimes it's curiosity and people like to scam, but that's why in the beer market is good to put the fundamentals, bring new people that really would like to build something. So when the hype starts, mm-hmm. they will have products, new products, new ideas, new information there, not just cloning something that actually is hyping there. Yeah, absolutely. You make a good point there on the bear market. You know, it's a good time to to both learn and and build too, because there's nothing else going on. <laughs> it's not like a bull cycle where everything is all exciting and fun. Um, yeah, well, everybody's like, oh, what happened? New NFT? Okay, let's build analogy of that NFT. Yeah. You have monkeys. Let's build. I don't know gremlins. Let's put something else. Let's put mouses and let's exactly. Just there. So it's when's the uh, hackathon happening in Mexico? It's happening, uh, the different regional hackathons actually will start on the 1st of June, but mm-hmm. the biggest one would be on the 16th, 17th, and 18th of June. And uh, this is the one. And also what we're uh, starting now is an online hackathon that would be starting on the 29th of May. And it will cycle till the end of the year. Each month, there will be different judges that we are bringing. It's actually not ours from our team. It's people like mm-hmm. VCs, uh, developers from our projects, doesn't matter. Like we, we will prejudge just the code so we can see that the code is executable. The code is new. It's like uh, we put the amount of code that actually was done during this period of the hackathon. And then the rest regarding the idea presentation all the stuff is on other judges so they can give the feedback to them. And uh, that would be till the end of the year, meaning seven seasons. 
And the idea is that they can, like, if they're building something big, they can go from month to month winning some prices and building that configuration. If uh, they're not winning one month, they can win, win the other one. And But summing the whole idea, the criteria, the feedback that people from VCs and marketers and other developers are giving back to them, which actually can really develop the, or, or give the option to build something big at the end of, uh, of this whole hackathon. And also the whole idea is while the VCs and the other developers are looking at them, they can have the option to get investment from them or like job opportunities, whatever. Very cool. Um, do you guys have a community on Discord or Telegram uh, where people yes. can kind of chit chat about the ecosystem, collaborate, um, you know, learn a bit more about what's going on around Vara? Yes, uh, the Discord is actually our main Discord. Uh, that's uh, actually the gear one. You can find it if you go to gear-tech.io. Uh, the Twitter, uh, the Telegram, we actually have the one that's Vara Network, and we have Gear also, then Gear Official, and then we have uh, also the Twitter that's Vara Network. That's the best way how you can learn everything that's happening around. And uh, we also have the site that's called gear.foundation on which you can see actually there will be the academy there, also events, news and ideas about the wiki and all the stuff there. And obviously the, uh, the web page of Vara, it's varanetwork.io. You can see all the information related to the network, uh, ambassador program that we launched some time ago that people are joining there to, if, if you're, one thing that we we are always setting that up with ambassador program. If you are really passionate about technology, you can join that program, and you will get the knowledge and the option to learn more and more about what we are doing. If you are just like a bonus hunter, there it's not much for you, but still you can check it. Absolutely, we'll put all the links down in the description so it's easy for people to find and and get access to. Uh, what about you? If people want to maybe connect with you, have a conversation, maybe collaborate on something, um, is there a place where maybe they can reach out and send you a message? Uh, good idea. Let me check the number, the handle of my Twitter. I'm not really <laughs> like uh, too much there just because it has a lot of stuff mm -hmm. to do. But just let me check what's my handle. It's Pavel uh, Dash Salas. That's mine. Pavel Dash Salas. Yes. Perfect. They can find there, or you Pablo. can find me in, in any group where we are. You can just tag me, mm -hmm. be there. Cool, um, Pavel. Thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, really appreciate it. It's been a really good conversation. Learned a lot about what you guys are doing with the Bar Network and your guys' ecosystem, and very excited to see it uh, continue to grow out. And uh, God, I wish I could actually come to the hackathon. They're they're really fun. Uh, the one you got is got in Mexico. Sounds really cool. It's very close to me. Unfortunately, it's just couple weeks away so i won't be able to go but um maybe i can come to the next one next one you guys oh, have sure. you know, relatively soon we'll invite you sounds good all right man talk soon talk to you later um take care